The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Outside, right now, we're looking at cloudy skies, 69 degrees in Buffalo. A tragic end to the search for the missing sub. The U.S. Coast Guard saying yesterday the 22-foot Ocean Gate submersible was destroyed in a catastrophic implosion in the North Atlantic, and debris was found on the ocean floor near the Titanic. All five on board were killed. Andrew Dimbert says the company's safety record now coming under scrutiny. Explorer Josh Gates declined a trip on the sub two years ago after several of its systems failed during a test dive, concerned about the sub's carbon fiber makeup. Carbon fiber is a miraculous material. It's what we're using to build next generation airplanes out of, the Dreamliner, the A350, things like that. But uh, it's not particularly well understood how it works over time in terms of fatigue at depths and in extreme cold. A former OceanGate employee echoed those concerns in a 2018 court filing, saying he warned the company that flaws in the carbon would grow with each dive under such intense pressure. That's Andrew Dimbert reporting. The robotic underwater vehicle that discovered the debris field on the ocean floor was operated by a company in East Aurora. Morning uh, that we were using uh, was uh, a pelagic ROV uh, capable of operating at 6,000 meters, uh, cameras, sonar, uh, other uh, articulating arms and, and uh, resources on it. The Coast Guard Rear Admiral John Mauger, the ROV operated by a crew of nine technicians in a control room. It was transported to Nova Scotia Tuesday via aircraft that flew out of the Buffalo Airport. A lot more coming up on that submersible and that catastrophic implosion. We'll hear from Titanic filmmaker James Cameron this morning, too, who not only made films about uh, Titanic, but he has successfully done many ocean dives, I think more than 30 of them, to the Titanic and other places around the world and has a lot of uh, background on this. The state is once again promising a crackdown on unlicensed marijuana dispensaries. WBEN's Max Ferry has more on what to expect and the impact it's already had. With new laws passed by New York state lawmakers last month to prevent illegal, unregulated cannabis from proliferating through the streets, the state's Office of Cannabis Management and Department of Taxation and Finance have been investigating in illegal cannabis shops. Governor Hochul announced Thursday that over 1,000 pounds of marijuana-related products have been seized from 31 illegal shops in New York State. So illegal sales aren't just unfair and unsafe, they're also unjust. And doing nothing about this was not an option. You know, we saw the proliferation, we saw the, the arrogance associated with this, figuring no one's going to stop me. And for us to be able to keep centering on social and economic equity, we knew we had to take some strong steps. So we had to do it right way. And that meant aggressively enforcing the law for those who are hiding behind their operations. Not only will operators of these shops be placed with fines of up to $20,000 a day if they don't adhere to their notice of violations, but fines could be placed on top of those fines if they don't pay their taxes. Aaron Van Camp owns a license from the state to open a dispensary in Buffalo. He wishes for those who are serious about selling quality marijuana products to go through the process of obtaining a license and doing it the right way. As a business person, I, I recognize that it will help me. At the same time, as someone who spent a lot of time in jail for marijuana, I'm never 
pleased to see anything bad or harmful result from people who just want to enjoy pot. I, I, I hope everybody gets compliant. I, I would wish that they would, but at the same time, I'm not going to ever cheer for anyone being busted or anything bad happening. It is important to note that in order to qualify for a license in New York State for the first wave of dispensaries, you or a family member must have been incarcerated for a marijuana-related offense. Van Camp also talks about the process of obtaining a license. You can hear the full interview at WBEN.com. I'm Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. Today, marking a new phase in stadium construction, blasting begins in the pit area to get through some solid rock. Neighbors notified of a test blast today that will occur between noon and 12.15. Abbott Road closed as a precaution between Big Tree and Southwestern Boulevard for that. More blasting set to occur about three times a week for the next five weeks. The pit for the new stadium be approximately 11 feet deep needs to be about 30 feet deep for the project. 34-year-old Deanna Davis sentenced to two and a half years in prison yesterday, followed by three years of post-release supervision for running over a state police trooper during a protest that turned violent three years ago. She had two guys in the back of the car. One of the guys ended up pleading guilty to a gun charge. So one of the guys had a gun in the back of the car. There was evidence that there may have potentially been gunshots fired from the car at some point. Um, I'm not sure about that. It could have been fireworks outside. Um, but, you know, she it, it, it was chaos, okay, in that car. That's Erie County District Attorney John Flynn. Davis struck Trooper Ronald Ensminger as she drove through a police barricade in June of 2020. Well, Canada's Senate passed a bill that would require two top tech companies to pay news outlets for using their content. The bill would require Google and Meta to pay media outlets for news they share or otherwise repurpose on their platforms. Ottawa has said the law creates a level playing field between online advertising giants and the shrinking news industry. Meta has already confirmed that it plans to comply with the law by ending news availability on Facebook and Instagram for Canadian users. It's not the first time that Meta has done this, though. In 2021, it briefly blocked news from its platform in Australia after a similar law was passed. Meta later struck deals with Australian publishers. Mark Remillard, ABC News. One of the biggest fundraising events in western New York gets on the road tomorrow. WBEN's Tom Puckett has more on the ride for Roswell. The men of WGR will once again ride in tomorrow's ride for Roswell. Among the men, the Bulldog, Chris Parker. It's the third year now in a row that I'll, I'll be riding, and, and Jeremy White and I have done it uh, together with some friends through work and through an initiative with Roswell, trying to raise awareness for men, uh, you know, to get screened and be proactive about your health and you know trying to catch any cancer. Bulldog says the team will ride a 45-mile country ride. Roswell Park's Andrea Gregory says most like a shorter journey. The most popular distances tend to be our 10-mile and our 20-mile. Um, they go out towards the river. They're a little bit more of our recreational riders, so riders that are hopping on their bike maybe just a couple times a year, or maybe this is the only weekend they hop on their bike. So those tend to be our most popular route. Gregory says donations are closing in on $5 million this year. We have a link to how you can donate to the men of WGR in our story online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. Ride for Roswell uh, kicking off uh, well with events later tonight, but 
tomorrow morning all throughout western New York. Uh, be aware of it, of course, uh, with the roots and everything that you have to watch out for. And uh, really great events every year that we have in western New York. All right, uh, Paul McCartney trying to clear up some confusion about this AI Beatles song. Sir Paul said, whoa, 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 it's not made by AI. Paul McCartney wants everyone to come together over this new Beatles song he's working on. He mentioned last week in an interview with the BBC that a new Beatles song was coming. It was originally a demo, and they used AI to clean it up and make it worthy of releasing. McCartney tweeted Thursday that he's seen some confusion and speculation and wants to be clear. Nothing was artificially or synthetically created. It's all real, and they all played on it. The AI was used just to enhance the quality. No word yet when we'll hear it. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. All right. So I, I I was happy to hear this from Sir Paul yesterday because it clears up. Everything. Everyone was kind of thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. So we have like AI John singing. Like what, what exactly did you do here? Did the uh, computer make up the bass parts or, you know, what's going on? They're using artificial intelligence to basically take a bad recording and try to clean it up so that it sounds good. Yeah. If this works, I mean, this could be like game changer for a, a lot of right. people in the music industry. That's true. Uh, there's <laughs> I, so so much of the music I listen to is has a terrible recording. <laughs> like it, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but like there's so much of it. That's just, uh, I, I have a, a record upstairs. I have um, six different versions of it on CD because they kept trying. It's uh, 45 years old, the uh, Johnny Thunders, Heartbreakers. They kept trying to take this bad recording and, like, remove some of the, you know, mud and, like, gunk that yes. you kind of hear in the background. I mean, this could solve that problem that people have been looking for for forever so oh now gosh. i'm very interested in hearing it yeah now it has endless positive possibilities yeah before i had no interest in listening but now now i want to i want to hear it but i want to hear it alongside the recording before they oh, cleaned yeah. it up right that's what would make it uh, pretty interesting to me. The exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast for the day today calls for more clouds than sun. It'll be on the muggy side with a scattered shower or a brief thundery downpour. The bulk of the shower should be developing later into this afternoon, along with a couple of thunderstorms. The high temperature in the mid-70s tonight brings showers and thundery downpours scattered about. The low temperature in the mid-60s Saturday offers up additional scattered showers and thundery downpours behind the mid-70s, and it will stay on the muggy side. With our exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. New York State is cracking down on illegal pot shops and sending a strong message with a $10,000 a day fine or $20,000 fine daily for repeated violations. Aaron Van Camp is with us this morning. Uh, Aaron, you've got a conditional adult use license. You're getting ready to open a legal pot shop. Uh, what do you think of this crackdown? This is, it would be good for you, right? Um, financially, it's definitely something that is set up to help me out as a legal marijuana distributor. Um, and it seems like at this point, uh, a strict Strategy-wise, it seems like they may have got it right because I believe that them coming after the landlords is better than coming after individual sticker shop, sticker shop owners and people operating that black market because I'm not sure 
how effective it is to find someone $10,000 who's operating in the black market who doesn't really have anything in their name and typically is operating with cash and probably won't pay that. So going after the landlord seems like a more effective strategy for what they're trying to do. I, how has this impacted what you're trying to do and set up a, a marijuana store that is licensed right now? What are some of the things you're looking at? Um, for me, the biggest problem, I think, isn't something that people would really look at as far as them selling marijuana. For me, the volume of those stores sucked up so much real estate that it was hard for me to find a location because they were popping up so much and so frequently that that was how it's affecting me more so, I think, than actually selling marijuana because the products that we're going to have are safer, tested, um, better. They're not grown in horrible circumstances in, like, sweatshop-type conditions. Um, we're, we're putting out a better product, so I don't see them as so much competition. We do have access to not pay tax and sell it for cheaper. But basically, like, what a lot of those stores are selling isn't very good. It's not... It's not a quality product. It's not something you really want to put in your body, in my opinion. Um, so for me, the bigger problem was, I th- personally, I think it was just I had a big real estate problem, and a lot of the times it was because there's so many of those stores that were taking up so much space, and they were kind of giving, they're starting to give marijuana selling a bad name because there were so many, and some of them were being operated poorly and not nice and things like that. Aaron, what's the status of your store? I Pretty sure you have a location. When do you plan to open? We're in the very last stage right now. We've got everything in as far as licensing goes. We're waiting for compliance to come out from the Office of Cannabis Management, and then we'll be fully licensed. So it's like the actual very last step. When do you expect to be open? Um, they're telling us they'll be out within a week. So uh, with once we have licensing, we will be able to put in orders and sell marijuana the, the for cannabis. Basically, all the suppliers are ready. There, there's no delay in actually purchasing or getting it there. We have a lot of local guys. We have guys downstate, um, a lot of good cultivators that are really ready to work. We're letting us know, like, hey, if we've got product, when you pop open, we'll be there the same day. Like, the local guys say, we'll be there in 40 minutes. We're, we'll probably have it. We're, we're shooting for a soft opening, hopefully, within the next two weeks. I've been saying, I feel bad. I've been saying two weeks for so long, but it's been such a long, tedious process, and, and I said I feel bad for other operators because some people are making statements in the news not realizing that that third application they just put in isn't even the final application. There's a whole other checklist for compliance, and then a guy's got to come out, and then you might have to deal with the building inspector on a certificate of occupancy, and a lot of things that are going on that, you, that they might not be anticipating they really have to do because it's a very long, extensive process as far as getting licensed and having everything you need for them to let you open. You will be, I think, the first legal pot shop around here outside of a, of a Native American reservation, right? I mean, um, I was under the belief that I'm going to be. As of late, there's been some debate. Um, they're saying that these guys in the pew are ready to open. I personally feel like that's irresponsible reporting because I've spoken to people at the Office of Cannabis Management, and they don't have their, they don't have everything in that they're supposed to have as far as they're concerned. So I don't know what those. I don't know what's going on there, but there's been a little debate lately. If I'm not the first, it's not the end of the world for me. I've said we love marijuana. This is something I want to do, and I'm I'm not disappointed if I'm not the first. It's just going to be a title that they have. Um, But on the other hand, we are under the pressure from dealing with supplier state. We're very well connected in 
those circles and they're under the impression that we're going to be the first. But we don't know because I don't know those people in Depew. I'm just reading the articles the same way everyone else is. But from someone who's experienced what we went through, a lot of things aren't adding up with what they're saying. And, but I will say I'm not knocking them for the things not adding up because I was definitely the guy who on April 3rd when I got my license was telling people I'm going to be open on 420, I'm going to be open on May 1st. And it didn't happen for me. And it wasn't from lack of trying. We've gone insanely hard. My girlfriend, um, she has a job. But aside from when she's not at her day job, she's putting every waking hour into this and getting all the paperwork right, having every I dotted and T crossed. And, and if we really tried hard, it's not the easiest process. So, I mean, it doesn't make sense, some of the things that other people are saying about being open. Maybe they will be. And if they are more power to them, if they need any help or any advice in other areas aside from licensing i think me and my friend who's with me right now we're coming from a growers conference in albany where the car i think we've been able to see more farmers than anybody in the state um we have a better idea of the products that are out there of what's good what's bad who you might want to deal with we might not want to deal with so they didn't need help and they were open before they needed help in that regards we'd be more than willing to put them in contact with a lot of people we've been with but you never know i will see it it's i'm very close like it's been a long process, but we're really on the doorstep of opening, so hopefully we'll be selling cannabis in Buffalo in the next week or two. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.